So Lord, I just want to agree with Chris, and we just want to pray that you come into this place this morning and just penetrate the hearts of people, penetrate my heart. Lord, I just want to give this over to you because people in this place don't need to hear from me. We need to hear from you. God, we need to hear your voice today. And what you have to say to us, only you can say it. And so God, we pray you draw close to everyone here. And so I just give this to you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. It's so good. Um, so, just as we kind of start off, I kind of, my two children have, well, two of my children have a runny nose, and so I think I'm starting to get it, so I apologize if I'm sniffing and kind of wiping my nose with Phoenix here. Um, anyways, let's jump in. Um, in Isaiah 64, I'm really struck by a verse in Isaiah 64 where God is referred to as the potter, right? I'm sure we all kind of, we know that verse, where God is referred to as the potter, and all His people, and all of His creation, and all of us, I refer to as pieces of clay. And so it's interesting to me to think that we're just a bunch of pieces of clay telling other pieces of clay what the potter's like. You know? And so we might know a lot about the potter, and that's great. But at some point in the journey, I believe we need to know the potter. You know, the mission is to make Jesus known to people. We're called to do that. But part of the mission is to know Jesus and to know the potter. And so this morning, I just simply want to encourage us, as we kick off this semester, I know Harry kicked us off last week, but I'm kicking us off again this morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's the official one. (laughs) No, just, you know, as we all kind of begin this academic year together, recognizing that the plate is full, right? Like, everyone's plate is full. No one in this place is probably saying, well, I just got a little bit on my plate. I wish I had more on my plate. I wish I was more busy. I want more stuff. Like, that's nobody's story here. Right? Everyone's plate is full. And so we recognize that as students, staff, faculty, lives outside of the building, the plate is full. And so I just want to challenge us, though, this morning and encourage us this morning that no matter how full the plate is, that we make time for Jesus. I know it's a, a simple message we've heard a billion times, but we're saying it again this morning, that no matter how full the plate is, we've got to make time to seek Jesus and seek the presence of God and seek His face. Um, earlier in Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, um, in the middle of um, Isaiah's message of judgment and hope, he has a radical encounter with the Lord. I'm going to have to hold over here. I'm going to snap the mic, I think. Um, he has a radical vision of God, he sees the Lord. And he sees the presence, or sorry, he sees the glory of the Lord. And he's in the presence of God. And he's in close proximity to the holiness of God. Here I am. But this morning, I don't want us to see Isaiah. It's an amazing passage, and you see kind of what happens to Isaiah. But this morning, I don't want us to see Isaiah. I want us to see the other created beings in the text. I want us to see these heavenly creatures known as seraphs in this text. And so I'm just going to uh, just read through the first few verses of this passage. Um, And so here we go, Isaiah 6, beginning at verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And so when a chapter opens like that, you know it's going to be good. He saw the Lord. So he saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying. And so it's interesting that these seraphs are like balls of fire, by the way. So they're extremely bright beings. 
And here they are, they need to cover themselves because of the holiness and because of the light that's radiating from the throne. And it's interesting to think that, you know, these sailors have to cover themselves, but I wonder what's Isaiah doing? You know, if the sailors feel like they need to cover themselves with the wings, I, it doesn't really say exactly what Isaiah is doing, but I'm assuming he's hitting the deck and he's ducking covering pretty quick. I, I don't know. But this is what the seraphs say. And they're calling, or they're calling to one another, Isaiah tells us. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. And that's striking to me because these seraphs, that's all they're doing. 24-7 for their whole existence, they're declaring back and forth to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. That's all they're doing. You know, these guys haven't seen a sunset. You know, they haven't been to a rock concert. They haven't been to a live professional sporting event. They haven't been to the movies. You know, they haven't been to McDonald's. They haven't been to Disney. You know, they haven't, you know, they don't own a cell phone. There's no Wi-Fi going on. There's no social media going on. You know, they're not surfing the net. They're not on YouTube or Netflix. You know, they don't know the joys of fatherhood and motherhood. They haven't backpacked across Europe or have gone on a cruise somewhere in the Caribbean. They haven't done any of that. You know, they haven't experienced any of these things that we have experienced. But what's amazing to me is that they do not feel cheated out of life. They don't feel cheated out of life because what they're in the presence of and what they're, you know, worshipping and what is before them is so stunning in its beauty that they're good for their whole existence. They're good. Just being in the presence of God. They don't need anything else. They are completely content and satisfied being in the presence of God Almighty. That's it. They don't need anything else. That's powerful to me because I don't know if there's too many of us in the room this morning that can say that. And so what the text there is saying to me is that there's nothing on this planet and there's nothing that this planet has to offer that trumps being in the presence of God Almighty. You know, everything that I think our soul longs for is found in the presence of our Maker. And so how do we seek Jesus then? How do we pursue God's face? How do we pursue the presence of God? And my next scripture is in the next prophet over. And I think the book of Jeremiah, or Jeremiah gives us a little bit of insight into how we can do this. Jeremiah, as you know, obviously a prophet. And he actually witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem. And he witnessed God's people being exiled into were being taken, ex, being taken into exile by the Babylonians. And here in chapter 29, Jeremiah has a message from the Lord for the people in exile. And he tells the people, hey, you guys better settle down. You better get comfortable. You better unpack your things because you're going to be here for a while. You better get married. Marry off your children. Marry off your children's children because you are going to be here for a while. But God also speaks words of hope. And he speaks of, you know, purpose and plan for their lives still. And so Jeremiah 29, beginning at this famous verse, I'm sure we all have it memorized, verse 11. This is what the Lord says. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And we need to hear that this morning, just in its own. Plans to prosper you, and not to harm you. Plans that give you hope and a future. Man, if you're like me, if you're not like me, just pray for me. But, but like, sometimes I ask God, I want to know the plan. Can I see the plan? I want to know the blueprint. Am I going to survive tomorrow? 
Am I going to survive this semester? I'm taking Hebrew this semester. I'm thanking God that he's got a plan for my life. That's nothing against Matt. He's great. I love him, but I'm just saying, like, it's, that's, you know, ancient language, man. You said it took 15 years. Yeah. I know the alphabet, and I got the vowels, so it's good for tomorrow. I'm all set. No. But anyways, if you're like me, I want to know the plan sometimes, God. I want to know the plan. Where, where are you leading me in all this? I'm here. What's the next chapter look like? What's five years down the road? What's it look like? And God's always like, no, 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 don't you worry about the plan. I got the plan. The plan's secure in me. You don't need the plan. What you need is me. And God knows that. He knows that we don't need the plan. We need Him. And He knows that if He gave us the plan, we'd probably just take the plan and walk off and say, adios, I'll catch up with you later, God, down the road. I'm going to take this plan and try to figure it out on my own. And that's not good. So what we need is not the plan. What we need is God. So how do we get God? How do we seek God? Well, Jeremiah is about to unfold that for us. Verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me. Here it is. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so for Jeremiah, you know, he witnessed a whole generation of people turn away from God. And the leaders in Israel here, they continued time and time and time and time again to reject Jeremiah's message to turn back. And these leaders, as I'm sure most of us know, they were guilty of idolatry. And for Jeremiah and for people like Hosea, that's equated with adultery. And so their hearts never really belonged to God. And so for the Old Testament prophets, there seems to be a common thread throughout the prophets. You know, for the Old Testament prophets, it seems like that the only hope for humanity is the complete and total renewal and restoration and transformation of the human heart. You kind of see that when you look at the prophets. They were talking about the heart. The heart needs to be changed, needs to be totally renewed and transformed. And praise God that's being accomplished and that is accomplished and being accomplished by the work of Jesus Christ, the finished work of Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so with all of your heart, with all of your heart, that, that phrase that just kind of popped out and I said, i got to just look into this a little bit because that's really the key here. With all of your heart, what does that mean? With all of your heart, what that means is the totality of your whole being. With all of your thinking and with all of your mind's attention and all of your heart's affection and desire and all of your strength and all of your energy and all of your soul and with your whole body you seek. It's a call for total and complete devotion and commitment to the Lord. It's a call to make Him your first love. So how are we then to seek Jesus? How are we to pursue the presence of God? How are we to do that? We had to do it with all of our heart. With everything that I have and all that I am and with my whole being, I'm pursuing you and I'm seeking you, Jesus. That's what it says. With, with my mind, with my eyes, you know, my heart, they're solely fixed on you and I'm pushing everything else to the background because I want to see you. I want to know you. I want you. That's what it's getting at. And when I read that, seek with all your heart. You know, the image that comes to my mind is someone who's desperate. Not someone who's in a desperate condition or a hopeless condition, but someone who seeks with an urgent need. 
Someone who seeks with an urgent desire. And so I believe if we're going to seek Him and know Him, we need to seek with all of our heart. We need to be people who are desperate for Jesus. We need to, people, need to be people who seek Him with urgency. With an urgent need and an urgent desire. I remember years ago when I first started uh, dating my wife, um, nothing else really seemed to matter to me. Uh, schoolwork, who cares? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't care. I can't say that now. Um, <laughs> But it didn't really matter. You know, if I missed my TV shows, if I missed the hockey game, it didn't really matter. Because all I really wanted was to be with her. I wanted to be in her presence. I wanted to connect with her. I wanted to hear her voice. I wanted to communicate with her. You know, and so I don't know if you remember landline telephones. Anyone still have one of those? <laughs> like, like that just we call each other all the time. We connected all the time. And up to that point, I, and I'm sorry for the stereotype, but I only thought women and girls were the only people that could talk for hours on a phone. But lo and behold, I realized I am capable of doing it as well. I'm getting a lot of weird looks from the women here. That <laughs> <laughs> was years ago. You know, I get it now. But, so we would talk a lot on the phone, and it, sometimes it got awkward when our parents kept answering the phone. You know, if we called multiple times, I'm just like, Natalie, can you please pick up the phone this one time? Oh, hi, Glenn, how are you? You know, it got awkward, and I just said, yeah, is Natalie still there? I know I called 30 minutes ago, but, but uh, I did, there's something else I, just, I, have to, I have to tell her. She close by, he's past the phone. We connected on MSN Messenger a lot. Anyone remember those days? You know, Messenger, yes, sir, amen. And that would have paved the way, I think, for a lot of this instant messaging and all that stuff. I don't know, but... Um, I don't know if that was the first social media platform to really use these emojis or not. I don't know. It seems like from there it really kind of expanded elsewhere in the social media world. And so we connected a lot. Obviously there we were together a lot. Um, I remember our very first date actually. Um, before we actually started dating. Um, there was nothing romantic, nothing amazing. But I just, I walked from my house all the way to her house. And so we lived in a place called Grand Bay Westfield. And that borders, um, it's just a small town. It borders the west side of St. John in New Brunswick. And uh, I remember I walked all the way to her house because I just, I wanted to be with her, you know, and, uh, and this isn't a 10 minute walk. You know, I lived in Grand Bay, she lived in the Westfield part, which is a little further out, and, you know, I walked at a pretty good pace, and it took me like an hour and a half to get there, walking. And I know there's people that get up and crap at dawn and bike and jog and run and do all kinds of things for hours all day long, and God bless you if that's you, but, you know, for a 17-year-old kid, Many years ago, that, that was a lot. That was a big deal, walking all the way from my place to her place. You know, I was just willing to do whatever I could do just to be with her. And interestingly enough, one of my best friends growing up, no joke, lived about a stone's throw from her house. But I never once walked to his house. <laughs> I don't know. I, I love the guy. But if I wasn't getting a drive up there, and if he wasn't getting a ride down, we weren't hanging out that day. <laughs> But I was willing to walk all the way to her house because I was willing to do whatever I could do just to be with her. And so if, if there's people here that can't really relate to that story, well, guess what? You can relate to the story because every single one of us loves something and we all worship something and we're all willing to do whatever it takes to connect with the things that we love. We're all willing to give so much of our time and energy and affection and attention to the things that we love. But unfortunately, some of these things we love, you know, aren't really that good. And so we need to be people who are desperate for Jesus and for His presence. 
Speaking of my wife, um, a few years back actually, we went to a conference together. And one of the speakers at this conference said something that just knocked me out. He said this, he said, There's something wrong when we do not long or desire to be with Jesus. There's something wrong at that point. There's a problem at that point when we do not desire to be alone with Jesus. Because, come on, the world isn't that infatuated, right? Like, I'm not talking about creation and the beauty of God's creation, but the world, you know, you kind of get what I'm getting at here, you understand? Like, the world isn't that infatuating. Like, the enemy will sell you as much as he can sell you. He'll distract us for days on end if we let him. We're probably the most distracted generation in history, I'd say. And, you know, I'm not railing against it, I'm in the boat. But, but the enemy's mission... And his purpose is to stop and prevent God's kingdom and God's purposes from unfolding. His mission is to try to steal and kill and destroy you. And so there's a problem. There, there is something wrong when we desire the sugary goodness of the world more than being alone with the universe maker. Like there's a problem at that point. There's something wrong when we're in that kind of position where I'm not craving and longing the God that made me, but oh wow, look at all of this glitter and shine. That's what I want. Like there's a problem at that point. And so I'm just, I'm going to descend here in a moment and, uh, and begin landing the plane. But before I do, there's one more verse I want us to hear this morning. And I want to get to a place in my life where I can say these words. And I pray that there's a desire in you to get to a place in your life so you can say these words as well. And we need to plead with the Holy Spirit, I think, to open the eyes of our heart to see enough of Jesus so we can say these words. They're the words of Paul. Paul, who on the road to Damascus, remember, saw the Lord. And so these are words from Paul to the people in the church of Galatia. And he says these words to us this morning. And this is what he says. He says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. You know, what Paul is saying here, he's saying, I've seen it, people. I've seen it. And what I've seen has finished me with a love affair with this world. It has terminated the world's hold and sway on me, and I am dead to the world, and the world is dead to me, and the only thing that matters to me is the cross, and the only thing that I want to lift up is the cross, and the only thing that I want to celebrate is the cross, and the only thing that I'm going to stake my life on is the cross. And by the cross, I'm done with this world. And the world is done with me. And I'm finished. I'm no more. I'm done. It's no longer I who lives. But it's Christ who lives in me now. I'm done. Self-made plans. Finished. Self-reigning. Gone. I'm no more. Jesus is everything. I want to get there. I want to get there. I'm not there yet. I want to get there. There's a burning desire in my soul to be able to say those words. And I hope there's a desire in you to want to say them. You know, I, I recognize who you all are this morning, and I recognize who I'm speaking to, and so I'm not really here to try to teach you anything that you don't already know. You know I'm sure you know all this plus more. 
I'm just trying to encourage us this morning to just fall in love with Jesus. Because the seraphs got it right. You know, everything that we need is found in the presence of our Creator. You know, there's mercy found there. There's boatloads of grace found there. Restoration is found there. Spiritual healing is found there. Power and strength for every circumstance is found there. Peace and shalom is found there. That amazing and beautiful, you know, incomprehensible, ocean-wide and ocean-deep, unconditional love that God has for you is found there. And so why wouldn't we want to seek it? Why wouldn't we want to seek Him? I just think we need to be desperate. We need to be desperate people. We've got to put the phone away. I know it's hard, but it has to be put away. The computer has to be shut down. We have to turn the TV off. We have to get alone. We have to get on our knees, I think. It's only about 20 inches from the knee to the floor, but it's not a great distance. And we need to get on our knees in prayer and surrender and worship. And we need to open up this book and we need to begin scaling the mountain. And so the potter is waiting, people. The potter is waiting. He wants you to come. He's waiting for you. And you know what? I love learning about the potter from so many different and amazing pieces of clay in this house. I love it. But at some point in the journey, I want to know the potter. I want to see the potter. I want to hear from the potter. I want to encounter the potter. I want to have revelation of the potter. I want the eyes of my heart to open up wide enough so I can have greater glimpses to see who this God truly is and what He has done for me. Because I believe it's in those moments where we begin to know God. And we just need to be desperate enough to seek Him above everything else. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. So Lord, thank You this morning. Thank You for Your presence. Thank You that it's here today. And so Lord, I just pray, it's my prayer this morning, that You just light a passion in every single human being in this place this morning, in Your people, to want to know You, to pursue You. Lord, I pray that we, not, we, might, uh, we might not have that desire, we might not be desperate right now, but I pray by your grace and kindness that you just make us desperate. That you make us see who you are, and that you're greater than anything on this planet. You never made or created anything that's greater than yourself. You're it. You're ultimate. You're the prize. And we want you. And so God, as we kind of worship in this last song, I, I pray that you do make it, um, that this will be our prayer, that you just make us desperate for you. I know that there's assignments and there's deadlines and there's reading and there's tests and there's emails and there's lectures and there's marking and there's things that need to be planned, but Lord, help us to have a desire to seek you above it all, because you're worthy. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.